0: Hello, America. We made it to Friday. Thank goodness. And thank you for all of your patience, for reading on just the news, for listening to this podcast, checking out our videos, including our exclusive TV show last night with uh, Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff to President Donald Trump. If you want to see that, it's up on our website. Check it out anytime. We've got a busy show today. Uh, Joining us, Senator Marsha Blackburn, the great senator from The great state of Tennessee, Republican, has a lot to say about China, Russia, the debt ceiling. Very, very important issues uh, she's talking about. We're going to have a big interview there. Looking forward to that. And then we're going to take it to California. You're not going to believe the story of Big Brother, big government intruding on a Christian school, executing searches, trying to find anyone who might not be wearing a mask in violation of California's mask laws. A chilling story from Pastor Mike McCleary and his attorney, Bob Tyler. You're not gonna to wanna to miss that as well. Two very, very important cogent stories to focus on today as we head into the weekend. Before we get there, I just wanna point out one real important story on the site, cause I think it's one of the most important ones we have on just the news today. It was about a year ago when the FBI director sat before Congress and said, you know what? I don't think there is any such group called antifa it's just a ideology chris ray said well a lot of people scoffed then at it including many in his own rank and file both current and former fbi officials really challenge the notion that there are organized groups and pockets of local groups that are loosely organized as antifa they did not buy the director's claim well now that there have been seven antifa group arrests in san diego uh, a lot of those people are speaking up saying hey, see we told you the fbi is wrong how could you have a rest of a group if the group doesn't exist very cogent story by my colleague Aaron kleegman today check it out on the breaking news front a lot of big breaking news we're gonna have one of them i'm certain we're gonna be talking to senator blackburn about consumer prices rose at an annualized rate of 6.8 percent in november That is a red siren to the economy. Remember when they told us it was transitory? Just a few months. Don't worry about it. Joe Biden said, well, economists are hitting the panic button and Americans are seeing a large chunk of their wallet disappear. They're losing buying power, losing earning power in the Biden economy when inflation soars at this rate. We haven't seen this sort of inflation in 40 plus years. Pretty crazy. Also, Supreme Court today kept the Texas abortion law in place, did not suspend it, said it can stay in place while the justices decide the legality of the law, which of course seems to preclude most abortions after six weeks. So the court's gonna take the case, it's going to hear it out, probably will get a decision next June. But in the meantime, the law can stay in effect. And that's a signal from the justices that just like we saw in the Mississippi case, That, in fact, they may side with the state's right to set where and when abortions can occur. Those are very, very important, big stories on the breaking news front as we're there. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, our exclusive interview first with Senator Marshall Blackburn from the great state of Tennessee right after this commercial break. who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us justnews. That's amac.us justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or a family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As promised, very special guest today. She joins, she's joined the show many times before. We always learn something big. Uh, joining me right now, Senator Marsha Blackburn from the great state of Tennessee. Uh, Senator, welcome to the show.
1: It is good to be with you. Thank you so much.
0: We sure appreciate you making time on a busy Friday. Um, I want to get your reaction to the inflation report today. We're now at 6.8% annualized. Uh, worse than 40 years. We're going back to the Carter Reagan, earlier Reagan years. A lot of concern. You're worried about this BBB bill, the uh, reconciliation bill, just adding uh, kerosene to this fire. Uh, what's your initial reaction?
1: Well... What we have to look at is that this is just the beginning of this. It wasn't transitory. It's not temporary. This is something that is going to stay with us for a while. And you see that reflected in the report that came out today. What you're going to have is an increasing rate. And, you know, John, the thing to look at is when you look at the inflation rate on energy, Bear in mind, winter home heating bills have not kicked in yet. And what those do, you're going to see an escalating rate. Now, with that escalating rate also, that is going to be reflected in um, some of the (laughs) – The additional products that come from hydrocarbons and polymers, you know, transportation for food goods, for things that are restocked after the first of the year, for all of your plastics that are going to be necessary, uh, polymers that are used in wrapping and fabric, things of that nature.
0: Yeah, it's unreal. I went to get some tires on the car the other day and I thought I was gonna have to donate a kitty to pay for them. I mean, it was just so expensive. And the guy said, listen, it's all about the rising cost. uh, It really is amazing. I want to step back for a second because, you know, as you know, the per- president is one of the most personal choices people make in politics, and trust is a big thing. And time and again, we've heard this administration, particularly this president himself, say inflation's transitory. We can see with our own eyes it's not. The border's secure. It's clearly not. 1.7 million people have flowed across it. Uh, COVID is over. It's clearly not. This cycle of having us told something, oh, there's not big crime on the street. There isn't really a lot of smash and grabs, as as we heard from some people this weekend. The cycle of constantly being told something and then be able to see with your eyes it's not true. What is the cumulative effect for the credibility of this administration?
1: Oh, my goodness. The cumulative effect is that people do not trust him anymore. And you can see this, whether it's in poll numbers Or if you do like I did and go have breakfast with a bunch of people at the Pancake Pantry in Nashville this morning, what do you hear immediately from people is we don't believe what they're telling us. They were wrong about the border. They were wrong about Afghanistan. They were wrong about the budget. They've been wrong about inflation. And it causes people to look at what they're doing with China And look at what they're doing with Russia and the fact that he's not holding them to account. And what are they saying? You have got to be kidding me. This cannot be happening to our country.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I hear that, too, as I go around. But you're right there with your constituents. And so you you see it up close and personal. Uh, I wanna get to our standing on the world stage with China and Russia in a second, but before we go there, uh, there was a deal made this week between Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer to basically get rid of the filibuster for uh, renewing the debt deal. Uh, a lot of Republicans did not vote with Mitch McConnell on this. What is your take of what's going on here in and, and the debt ceiling, the increasing cost of borrowing for the United States government? What are your concerns and, and why is so many of the caucus not supporting the deal that uh, Mitch McConnell cut?
1: You know, when you have the debate over the debt ceiling and you look at the rate that uh, the debt is piling up, and John, I think you have to go back to day one and look at the, where we were from the time of George Washington to George W. Bush, $10.6 trillion in debt. Barack Obama and Joe Biden come in, they double that amount donald trump and COVID add to it and then you've got about six trillion dollars that are piling up under joe biden so far and this is something that the democrats have made this problem so what they need to do is come forward with a solution and i was not willing to help them at all on this now when you do a debt ceiling, sometimes you get something forward for it. Like in 2011, when we did uh, the budget reconciliation then and we had the sequester and we actually were able to reduce some of the spending. But to just say, oh, it's at 28.4 and you're going to bump it up to whatever number, 30 trillion, whatever, uh, thirty five trillion we know with this this um, bill back broke plan they're trying to pass that it would be north of forty trillion by the time we get to the end of the decade, <sighs> and I'm just you know they have to begin to cut spending. you have to begin to reform federal programs. You have to freeze hiring of the federal workforce. you have to learn to do more with less all things that Donald Trump tried to do and look at how the media and the DC establishment and the swamp treated Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, no, you aren't kidding. You know, I'd had Mike Braun, Senator Mike Braun on the show the other day. There are so many Republican senators and house members that feel just like you. I mean, it's, it's palpable. It's a, there's gotta be two thirds of the caucus or more. Uh, is there a disconnect as Senator, Uh, Senate Minority Leader uh, uh, McConnell did not understand where he is. Why, Why would he take this action if most of his colleagues aren't in line with him on it?
1: I think he felt like that we have a duty to keep the government funded. So yeah. this was the action he chose to take. Right. I just have to tell you, it is not one that I could agree with. Yeah,
0: oh, you've been clear about it and consistent, too, which is so important in an era where a lot of people waffle. You're always right there. You are absolutely one of the most important voices on China and Russia in the Senate. And I look back now uh, a year ago, we sort of had China and uh, Russia checkmate, check, you know, checked and balanced we had the the, you know, the economic uh, pressure on them. We had military pressure on them. It seems as though they feel enormously emboldened post-Afghanistan. Uh, how concerned are you, and what, if anything, can the Senate do to try to prod President Biden to a
1: stronger position? One of the things that we should do is sanction and begin to look at the importance of economic sanctions, trade sanctions, sanctioning Russian oligarchs. Uh, When you look at the weakness there with Putin, another thing when it comes to dealing with China, what you have to do is let them know that we are watching them and we are not going to be putting up with this. But Biden, Xi Jinping calls and wants a phone call and a teleconference. And what does Biden do? He does the call. You say, no, we're not going to do that until you um, come forward and uh, you, you stop bullying Taiwan. We're not going to give you any room. And um, the other thing is don't send our athletes to the Olympics, for goodness sakes. Just say no. Do the Olympic Freedom Games in the United States of America, but don't send our guys out there.
0: Such a really good point. A lot of people were very disappointed that the best we could do on the Olympic boycott was the boycott of our diplomats. Nobody in the world watches the Olympics because diplomats are there or not there. Uh, Were you disappointed that that was a too tepid a response?
1: I was so surprised that there was not something more forceful that he would do that he would just say, well, we're going to do a diplomatic boycott. I mean, you know, like you said, it's just not what happens. But where do you go get them? It's a you won't get our athletes and you're not going to get U.S. TV stations to broadcast this. And U.S. companies, you should join us in boycotting.
0: Yeah, that would be a profound statement to China. There's no doubt about it. Are there Chinese companies, particularly with the Uyghurs and others, that you would like to see sanctions on? You mentioned the oligarchs from Russia. There are got to be some Chinese companies you have in mind that might be a good first strike uh, in sending a message to China.
1: I would start with Huawei. Yeah. And that is someplace that we need to look at all of these uh chinese telecommunication companies zte huawei these companies and just say no we're not going to do business with them and then follow it very closely with some of these companies that are doing electric vehicle batteries and that are doing some of these transmission components and just say no we're not going to bring these into our supply chain not now not ever
0: yeah that would definitely wake up beijing pretty quickly as you step back now how much damage on the world stage did the bungled afghan withdrawal uh do i've talked to a lot of foreign leaders particularly uh ambassadors to the united states or former ambassadors to the united states both and they're like you know uh, both our enemies in the united states and our, our our uh allies are really shaken by what happened there. There's a a lack of confidence, a loss of trust in America. Uh, Do you think that that has long-term consequences right now?
1: It has such long and profound consequences, John. This is one of the things that troubles me most when you get to the water 's edge, we should all be united in making certain that the u s keeps our promises and our commitments to our allies around the globe. That is how we continue to support nations that are uh, ha- that have a democratic underpinning, and whether it is working with our NATO partners, whether it is engaging uh, our allies that are part of the ASEAN nations, uh, we they all need to know that they can count on us. And when you have decisions being made by an administration, they're going to embolden Iran. And what does Iran want to do? They want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Um, when you have China that is out there bullying our ally Taiwan, When you have uh, Russia that is pushing into Ukraine, if you are weak and timid and tepid, um, it causes people to say, oh, wait a minute. You know, I watched what happened in Afghanistan and I saw what they did there. And now I'm seeing how they're very weak on holding anybody else to account I better go out and make myself some new friends.
0: Exactly. You have a tweet trending out there right now. Joe Biden has fulfilled more of Putin's orders than the needs of the American people. A lot of people are clicking on that, and it's, it's growing quickly on the on Twitter. Clearly a profound statement, but a lot of people feel that way, and I think there's that uh, from Afghanistan yeah, forward.
1: Yeah, I, I think that they do, too. I think people feel that way, and it's like a—, a a lady here in Tennessee stopped me last week. And she said, Marsha, this scares me. This scares me. And she is not political. She is definitely not partisan, but you know, she loves this country and she's not even, she wasn't a Trump backer. She voted for Obama. She voted for Hillary. Uh, and she is looking at what Joe Biden is doing, and she is aghast. She is absolutely aghast that this is happening.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh, There are so many people. That's why only one in four Americans in a poll who this week said they want Joe Biden to run again. I can't remember one year into a presidency, three-quarters of the country already saying, we've had enough, don't run again. It's it's so...
1: Well, and you you look at the vice president and what they yeah. say. Yeah. It's like one in eight it's that amazing. want her to run it's, it's again. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's, it's it's a moment we've never seen. One last question, because you are a very cogent voice, and you were talking about this today um, uh, on Fox News. I thought it was really an interesting uh, engagement. Um, crime in the streets, you know, uh, the yeah. smash-and-grab robberies, the, uh, people committing a crime, being let back out so they could mow people down in Waukesha, or setting a tree on fire in, in New York City and then right, right back out the door, out the prison At what point do the Democrats who run these cities and and run the Justice Department get a message that Americans are really fed up with this?
1: I think that they have heard that message and they're afraid of that message. They don't want to believe that message. And they think if they keep calling for more social workers and putting money into police departments, but you can't put it into enforcement, Uh, that they can kind of begin to pull this back. I thought it was interesting that the president this week came out and said something about he wasn't for defunding the police or one of his aides said he wasn't for defunding the police. And you want to go, you mean you guys have been on this uh, for two years about disrespect for law and order. And now you've got security moms by the, millions who are saying, I want my kids safe. I want my schools safe. I don't want them to be teaching CRT. I want there to be uh, safety at school events. I don't want pornography in the library. I don't want gangs running my streets. I don't want drugs being sold by gangs and drug dealers on the streets of my community or in my uh, kid's college town. I don't want uh, fentanyl Lace marijuana to be out here. All of these are dangers. And John, the security moms, it, 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 listen, you've got a lot of women that are chief mamas in charge and (laughs) they are not gonna put up with this they have about had it with this soft on crime let the criminals out uh cash no cash bail uh they are saying nope there is a place for law and order there's a right way and a wrong way and you people are on the wrong track and you're taking the country The wrong direction.
0: Yeah, uh, that is the message. Well, 2022 has the potential to be an extraordinary, extraordinary election, one we may not have seen in a long time. Senator, we always appreciate your insights. You're always on top of all the most important news, and you've got that finger on the pulse of the American people, and we're, we're so grateful for the time you gave us today.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful to join you. Thank you so much.
0: You have a Merry Christmas and we don't talk before that. God bless you. Take care. You
1: too.
0: All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna take you to California and an unbelievable story about the power of the state intruding on a Christian school. This one is a scary one. You're not gonna want to miss it. We're gonna be talking right to the school leaders in just a few seconds. all right folks welcome back from the commercial break and as promised two very special guests when you hear this story about what's been going on in the united states of america in california you're going to be as horrified as i am i'm almost certain of it joining me right now is pastor mike McClure from the calvary chapel in san jose california and his lawyer robert tyler who is the president and general counsel of advocates for faith and freedom gentlemen welcome to the show
2: thanks for having us on appreciate Thank it. you yeah
0: Uh, When I read this story on Just the News and I heard the interview you did with Charlie Kirk, I'm like, this can't be true. This has to be fiction. This must be some spoof, except it is all true. Pastor, let me start with you. Uh, You want to just administer to your flack each weekend. California has tried to keep people from going to in-person services. You've defied that $3 million in fines. And then there's a warrant from OSHA. Tell us what happens when the government shows up at your church's doors.
2: Well, it started over a year ago when the county would show up and just start putting fines all over our windows and, you know, telling us we can't have church, can't have service. They, they threatened us with all kinds of things, you know, arrest. And it's been, you know, traumatic even for people coming to church. There are people coming to church that were bringing extra clothes because they think that they're going to get arrested. I mean, that's the kind of intimidation that, that's been going on for the, the throughout the whole county up here. But it's been um as of recent now is OSHA who showed up the last few weeks with, uh, with a warrant to go through our school. They wanted to look at all the kids in the classroom. They wanna make sure that we're following all the health orders, not just the section eight or the things that they usually do, but now uh, um, OSHA has been given, Cal OSHA has been given the right over pretty much all the health mandates that they're supposed to be enforcing. So we have yet to see exactly how they're gonna enforce that, but they have the ability to do pretty much whatever they want to lock up our facility, to, I guess, even attach to our bank accounts. I don't know all that they're capable of doing, but it is shocking to see how they're orchestrated together, all of these state and and county agencies, really to fight against the church, the people in, you know, in the community that are here trying to do the things that are good and, and, and right, you know, and as the Bible tells us that we're to be salt and light. And, you know, all the hospitals in the United States have been started by the church Ninety eight percent of all uh, institutions of higher learning have been started by the church. Of and, you know, we, we now see that the church has become the enemy of the state and the state is really trying to take over the church like every other communist country that we've seen in the past.
0: When those kids are in school and all of a sudden the G-men show up, the OSHA regulators show up, what is the reaction among the kids and the teachers? We've
2: worked really hard to, to keep them out of the
0: classroom and the teachers are concerned you know, the kids are all talking about
2: it, like, what's going to happen to my school? Uh, what, what are they doing? And, you know, I, I think that they definitely understand that they're living in a day. Maybe the kids, they don't know any different. This is maybe how it's always been to them. But they don't see and understand, uh, you know, exactly what's going on. But I think they're, they're aware that, hey, we may not have a school soon. You know, we could actually have our school shut down. And that's a real fear I think the parents all have.
0: Yeah. No, it's got to be real. Robert, let me turn to you for a second. Um, We live in a a country where church and state are supposed to be separated and where, if I want to make sure I understand this, you can go to a Walmart in California today and be around 50 and 100 people and shop. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. But you can't go to church in California. Is that that, that right? No. Church is open. Uh, You can go to church,
3: but according to the state mandates, you have to wear a mask. But they're here for a long time in California. You couldn't go to church. And uh, when you take a look at where Mike is located, where the Calvary Chapel San Jose is located, they're located in Silicon Valley. It's called Santa Clara County within California. But Silicon Valley is where all of big tech is. Santa Clara County is where all of the lockdowns started on uh, March 16, 2020. That is where. It all started before the state of California locked down, before the rest of the country locked down. This county locked down. And, you know, I think with heavily, heavy influence from Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah, really remarkable. The same folks that censor things on our social media and big tech platforms. Um, How have the courts refereed this thus far, Robert? Uh, uh, How has the church fared in the courts?
3: You know, when we started out, uh, it was it was an uphill battle. And uh, even after the Supreme Court ruled uh, that for the church in uh, New York City, and the Supreme Court ruled, and I think that was approximately May of 2020 or June of 2020, uh, we had uh, been in litigation, we had filed a lawsuit on behalf of Calvary Chapel San Jose, and really in retaliation for what occurred, uh, beginning in October, they began fining the church $5,000 and uh, then sought to hold Mike uh, in contempt of court because they got a restraining order against the church. And Mike, you know, like that young man in Tiananmen Square who stood in front of the tanks, here is a pastor in San Jose, California, standing in front of Silicon Valley. And here he is taking this stand. And the courts were so, frankly, I just don't think that they had the courage to stand up for the First Amendment. And uh in santa clara county there were numerous losses he was held in contempt of court twice he was personally fined in excess of a hundred thousand dollars even after the supreme court said that it is unconstitutional to shut down churches in the way that they were doing so and so since then uh i want to say that we're having some great victories you know the county uh, is we're still in litigation. We're suing them in federal court. They're suing Mike and and the church in state court. They're trying to recover $3.8 million in fines. Actually, I should say, out of their good graces, they reduced the fines for really no reason to $2.8 million. Oh. <laughs>
0: Who cares? <laughs>
3: um yes. the, the you get a butt of
0: a million, it costs a lot. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So here we are, Uh, We're defending against this, and now we're having successes, and we're seeing things turn around in the litigation because they wanted to come after the church. They wanted the church's uh, volunteers, donors, uh, staff members. They want the identity of all these people. They want the identity of all the families in the school, um, and they want the financial records from the church because they think that the only reason why Mike and, uh, and the church reopened was because they wanted to do something for the money, that this was about the money. It wasn't about the money. You can talk to Mike about that after this, but the reality is, the reality is, is that what happened is that we're starting to see the courts turn against the County. And it's, it's a fantastic uh, shift right now. We even sued the County council himself because he went after the church's mortgage holder and threatened them that the County had this, you know, this huge fine that, would effectively take priority over the mortgage holders uh, lien against the real estate. And so the, the bank called the loan due, they're doing all sorts of things, but we're turning this thing around. And, and I think the ship's coming back in our favor for, uh, you know,
0: here into the near future in the courts. That is. I just can't think of all the things that have happened. Uh, Pastor Mark, let me ask you this first. Why take this stand? Why not do it? And say, ah, you know what? Uh, we'll find some other, we'll do a workaround. Why, why have you held the line?
2: Well, the most important thing is because it's biblical. You know, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 say, to not forsake the gathering together of the saints as the manner of some do. And that word manner can be translated mandate. It can be translated law. The author of Hebrews was referring to these Christians. They were going to go back to the, the Old Testament, the, the Jewish way of, of worship. And he's saying, don't let these laws or whatever someone brings to you dissuade you and keep you from gathering together. And he goes on to say, and how much more as we see the day approaching, and that day approaching is reference to Christ's return, the second coming of Christ. So all the more reason I look at that scripture and say it's written for us today that we are not to stop gathering together. The church for 2,000 years has never been ordered to stop gathering like this. And I really see it as like also Laodicea. The, the, the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter three, they had shut Christ out of the church. He's outside knocking. And I just think here we have the global church closing the doors because of the state, because of control, because of fear. When we've had the black flag, when we've had the Spanish flu, when we've had all of these things in the past, the church uh, rallied together and, and started hospitals and ministered to the sick. And so right. it's really because it's biblical. The second reason is because it's a need, and I had the, uh, you know, the the local authorities call and say, "You guys can't meet." And I said, "Well, I want to help people. Is that wrong to help people?" And they say, "Look, I agree with what you're doing. I just have to tell you this is what I'm supposed to tell you." But I actually am <laughs> siding with you, and so we had a lot Isn't of that, that with law enforcement. And I'm thankful because there was a high suicide rate. In fact, we had one yeah. gentleman who worked for the county. He answered the suicide uh, hotline for the county. And in October of last year, they had 14,000 calls that went unanswered. Wow. And and I just asked the county, can we answer? We know that you're not answering the phone. We know that you don't care, evidently, about people who are suicidal, but we do. We care about life. You know, Christ said he'd come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And so that's really the second reason is because we see the work that God's doing in people's lives. And there have been so many people that have come to Christ. Their lives have been changed. I mean, they walk in the church and they're just weeping. You know, they're just so thankful that there's a place and that there's there's love and they could see people's faces and they they could worship God freely. So it's really, you know, the things that God's told us to do. And the third reason is, is because we have a First Amendment. And if we if we get if we relinquish the First Amendment, then we've really relinquished our freedom in totality. It was uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. that said last week I was listening to him on an interview he says all of our amendments have been taken except the second amendment. And, and I really think he's right in the last year. And we've given them up. We've yeah. given them up. The government doesn't have right to take those things, but we've yeah. let them. And I think that's the thing with the church is that the gospel is what saves people, not a vaccine. That, that may help mitigate something, but it doesn't remove sin. It doesn't give life. It doesn't do what only the blood of Christ can do. And so to me, it's, it's being obedient to God more than man, and it's fearing God more
0: than man. Let me just ask you the question that the accusation has behind all this. Are you doing this for financial reasons? Is this about a financial boon to you? No, actually, I thought it was the
2: opposite. You know, when yeah. they opened up, here we are getting fines. And I'm thinking everyone in the church may leave, but uh, we're we're definitely, we're not rolling in the dough. You know, we're not doing it to make money. <laughs> we're doing it to, to really be obedient to God. And yeah. you know, we can prove that we're not doing it for the money because we don't have any, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But they can say what they want. I mean, the accusations are going to come, and uh, to me, it's it's really the the you know the, the wisdom is is proven by her children. Jesus said, and I just think, look at the evidence of people's lives, and um, you know, will show that. That's why we're doing it. Yeah,
0: makes a lot of sense. Last question for you, Pastor. Uh, you have a lot of international uh, uh, parishioners uh, uh, that you minister to, people who came from authoritarian countries to come to this great free. Beacon on the hill. Uh, what has been their reaction to seeing the state of California and the county act the way they have? You know,
2: many of these people who have come from from China or Iran, uh, they're they're so passionate about being an American citizen because they recognize, as Christians, that these freedoms were really given to us by these founders that were most. For the most part, Christians and pastors, they 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 do their homework. They've read the Constitution, the Bill Rights, they're so thankful. They grew up maybe wanting to come to America. They finally get here and they find that there's no backbone in the church, that there are people who relinquish these freedoms. And I had one woman stand up at a prayer meeting and she just, you know, she just thanked the Lord for America, but she just asked that God would give people strength. Cause in China, when you go to an underground prayer meeting or a church service, you may never see each other again. You go to jail, you get locked up. That, that'd be the end of you being seen. Wow. And, and here, we're only afraid of being fined, you know, or maybe the worst case arrested, but they're not going to lock you away, you know? And I think the passion for these people, for, for who God is and to make that known is driving them. And then also to see that we have these freedoms to, to worship God and we're just giving them up without any real law. And, and, and so they're the most disheartened and they're from all over. We have people from every, every country it seems like in the world. One particular woman on a Sunday came to me uh, and she's, she's from Russia and she drove down from San Francisco which is about a 40 minute drive. And on that Sunday, she, uh, she says, you know, I wanna let you know, I talked to my parents who live outside of Moscow and I told them that we found, finally found a church after months and months that's open. And her father said to her from Russia, you mean the churches aren't open in California? They're all open here, you know, in Russia. It sounds to me like California is more communist than Russia is. And I think that's been the mentality for a lot of these people who have come from different countries is they're shocked by the ignorance that the church has, or at least Americans have, and are so willing to just let things go. It's like We don't recognize that we're at war in this country.
0: Yeah, there's no no greater appreciation for freedom than having it stripped from you once you long and crave for it forever. Once it's stripped from you, uh, gentlemen, this is an amazing story. I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us today and sharing it. And we're going to be watching this at just the news and chronically it all the way to its end. It seems like you're into the you're in for the fight to the very end. And it looks like the, the courts are turning your way now, which is probably going to be good news for most Americans. Sure is. Thank you. God bless you guys. Take care.
2: God bless you. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, Our pleasure. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in
3: 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free? Good news.
0: All right, folks, thanks so much for joining us today. Great interviews. Man, that California story just keeps me thinking. I just never thought we'd see a day where the law, the government would raid a Christian school simply to find out if people were wearing masks. But hey, that's what happened. And of course, Senator Marshall Blackburn had some very strong comments. I was really struck by what she said about the disconnect between Mitch McConnell, who is letting the debt ceiling go through, and many of the caucus who don't want to keep kicking... The holiday's down the road. Hey, before you go, I know you're in the last throes of holiday Christmas shopping. You're trying to find that last-minute great gift for someone. Well, listen, I like to give the gift of crafting. And, of course, no better person to do that with than Annie's Kit Clubs. They are a great partner of just the news. They help make this show, our reporting, our our podcast, our TV work possible. They're a great partner here. And you know, listen, you can be looking for something for the season crafter or just a beginner or one of your kids or your grandchildren. Annie's has something for everyone. You get one kit a month. It's absolutely an amazing subscription. Every month you get a new gift, a new idea. And you also have the ability to give that gift on, finish your product, use your hands, and then make it do some good by giving it to one of the charities that right now is able to receive gifts from Annie's Kids Club members. It is a tremendous experience. It's a family experience. We do it with my son. My niece is getting a whole subscription for Christmas. She doesn't know, so shh, don't tell her yet. But it's an all-around family experience. And then the choice of where to give that craft to make someone smile, to make someone feel good, it just adds to the entire experience. You feel good on the inside knowing maybe that afghan, maybe that sweater, maybe that blanket, that cap uh, that I knit it, I is going to go make, keep someone warm this winter. Well, that is something worth feeling good about. And listen, as a special offer, you're going to get your first kit for 75% off. 75% off. Well, nobody gives three quarters off. That is an amazing opportunity. How do you do it? You go to annieskitclubs.com slash news. One word. You know how to do that. You, you, know, you know all about Just News as a code. One more time, annieskitclub.com slash Just News, you're gonna get 75% off your first subscription. What a great idea, you know why? Because you can give it as a Christmas gift, you can give it to yourself, And those who get the crafts can keep the gift of giving going on by passing it on down to one of the great charities that work with Annie's Kit Club. Go do it today. They support us when you buy an Annie's Kit Club subscription and you get this great discount, you're supporting our journalism, the Russia collusion stuff, the Ukraine work, the uh, China work, the Hunter Biden work, the stuff we did this week on a congressman who does business with China while bashing it. Those are stories you only get because you're in the Just the News John Solomon Reports family. And now, now you have the ability to support us just by getting a great product, a great service, like what Annie's Kit Club does. Go do it today. Help us out. Help them out. They're great partners. And you'll be doing yourself a favor because you have a great Christmas idea for someone in your life. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the weekend. May God bless you. And may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.